Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hey, and welcome to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I am Jackie Cation. And I am sitting here with a guy who went to high school, my brother, who lives right here and uh, knows a lot about bikes. Welcome to the program, Mike Coges. Hi, Jackie. And uh, here we are in the Dork Forest. Dork, dork, dork. Good times. And um, you, I've always wanted to have you on the show just because your love of bikes goes back to the 80s. Uh, actually, 70s. The 70s? Does it go back to when actually, you were a kid? Actually, it's the 60s, yes. Yeah. The 60s? 60s? Does it go back to yes. when you were born? I don't think it goes Were you that born far. on a bicycle? I was not, no. You were not. Okay, so talk to me about why. Why the bike? It just was a fun thing to tear around on when I was a kid. Okay, so you got to, you got, you had your, you had a bike when you were a kid. Yes. And you to- tore around South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes. Loosey goosey, no parental supervision because it was the 60s. Exactly. And nobody cared. Right. And they were like, well, what, what's the worst he's going to do? He's right. going to fall into the quarry. He'll find his way out. Exactly. Okay. So actually, we were always that was like the one place in town that you weren't allowed to go. Oh, was the quarry? Was the quarry, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And that was, uh, there were some legitimate concerns there. Yeah, it's a quarry. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't <laughs> conceivably drown in there. If you fell in, it'd be hard to get out of there. Yeah, right. So. Um, was there water in the quarry when you were a kid? Yeah. There was no water in the quarry when I was, when uh, they had drained it. Oh, well, yeah, if, if BE bought that property and yeah. eventually just continued filling it and... Right, with First they rocks. drained it, then they filled it with the yeah, rocks and rubble and whatever. Yeah. And now it's the football now, field. Well, the Isn't no, it? well the football field was in the what we used to call the gravel pit, which was distinct from the quarry. Excellent. <laughs> the quarry, quarry was uh, due east of Ross and Woods. Okay. Due north or due south of the gravel pit. Okay. So there was that gravelly pit part to it. Yeah. And then when you went south of there. Yep. Between Ross and Woods and BE, that was the quarry, and that was this limestone thing with water on the bottom. And Oh, you know what? I think I only went to the gravel pit as a oh, child. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, the gravel pit was... That's that's just good times. Yeah, that's tearing around in your bike heaven. Yeah. That, oh, is it? What kind mm-hmm. of bike did you have when you were a kid? Did well, you have you, one of them stingrays? you ever get one of them? No, I, I didn't like those. I was more concerned with going fast, and those are really not... Oh, right. The Schwinn was a heavy bike. Schwinn was a heavy bike, and the stingray was just a... It was more of a Fonzie. It was, yeah, it was just, it was supposed to look like a motorcycle. Right, so I I preferred the Schwinn. Actually, I had a Schwinn. Uh, Schwinn Typhoon, and then I inherited a Triumph, which was a British built single speed classical black thing. See, I never got a new bike until I was 17 and bought my own. Right. Because I had three older brothers. Oh, right, it was all hand me down bikes. I never had a new bike until, um, well, I still don't have a new bike because I, I know that I'm not going to use a bike, so I only buy used bikes. Well, that's a good thing. Right, because I'm like, well, this cost $5 and $70 for them to fix it up at a garage sale, and then I take it to the bike shop, and it's like 50 60 bucks to to clean it up. And then it ignores, it, it is ignored in my garage, and uh, then I don't feel bad. Because it wasn't a seven hundred, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like a million dollar it's, bike. It's, it's, you know, people buy fitness equipment, and it becomes really, really nice, expensive places to hang your clothing. <laughs> right, just to sort of hang, <laughs> hang your pants and stuff, yeah, and your, and your treadmill in your bedroom. Exactly. What? Uh, um, okay, so 
We only used them for transportation. That's what we mostly used them for. Well, we kids, used them right? for fun. I mean, we the gravel pit. We would go there and jump. Oh, and jump canals and make and, evil Knievel jumps. And, yeah. And yep. I was again more into uh, getting on it and going someplace and exploring. Right. Ride did, up to, did you go up to Grand Park and ride through Grand Park and stuff? Oh, yeah, or? yeah. And the older I got, the farther I went. Oh, did you go up like up into Milwaukee? Like, oh, in yeah, a, sure. Oh, wow, because there were bike trails. Yeah. Because that's one of the great things about Milwaukee. Is yeah. that, oh, you could ride the bike trail all the way to uh, the Coast Guard Station, uh, just at the south end of the Harbor Bridge. Okay. Without ever going on a road. Right, because there was, I mean, there was un, it was un... Like there were no buildings on on the coast. Yeah, right. They, yeah, that was all parkland for. Yeah, the park, and it still mostly is. It's still, in fact, more of it is because think about the only thing that's got any development is in Saint Francis. They built some apartments where the old power plant was. Okay, because they figured there was already something there. Yeah, and people hipsters who want to live where there was a power plant, not thinking to themselves, I bet you there's some lead going on or asbestos yeah. or no, no, I'm going to take my beard. And I'm going to crawl into this building, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and take the skinny pants and uh, and not really get into it. Okay, so um, uh, uh, did Russ, did my brother Russ ever bike? I do not recall Russ as being a biking kind of guy. No. He was not a, he was not a, I, he had Russ, a bike. Yeah, Russ was not, let's say, the most physically active no, no, occasions are not a physically active bunch. No, no. We're a loosey-goosey, let's sit around, maybe get a cup of coffee or uh, something. Yeah. Even even when he was nine, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Itzhak Hadarian. Oh, my God. I remember Itzhak. Isak. That's it. Isak Hadarian, right? Yeah. yeah, that old guy. That guy <laughs> was old when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I think he just died like five or six years ago. He must have been in his hundreds. Those old immigrants, they'll live forever. Yes, they shall. Just out of spite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what kind of bike did you buy? What was your first bike that you bought? Uh, the first bike that I bought was a Mercier Model 100. Now, what year was that? That would have been 19... I was 17, so 1977. I was going to say, not in 1917. Were there bikes in 1970? Well, I'm going to weed off. Yes, there were. When was the bike invented? Do you well, there's know? There's a lot of... Debate about that, but uh, late 17th century seems to be about the consensus. Really? As far as a, a contraption like that, mid-1800s, uh, well, actually. was when they sort of... When they came up with what we know as the bicycle, the safety bicycle, which was not one of the big high-wheeler things. Which is just a giant yeah. wheel and a seat? Not a unicycle, obviously, but... Yeah, it's a giant wheel with a seat on top and a t- small wheel on the back. Yeah, you see them in like parades and shit. Right, right. Yeah, and those, those were well, those were actually late eighteen hundreds. The safety bicycle came in alongside that. It t- took a while to catch on. Why is it called the safety bicycle? Because it's even. Because it's not six feet in the air. Right, and you don't off. fall off and break an elbow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Those uh, those giant bikes are still available in places like Portland. Uh, you can get them the right here in Ann Arbor. Company, yeah, and there's yeah. companies that make manufacture replicas of them. I've ridden them. They're kind of scary, but a lot of fun. Are they fun? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. A lot of work, actually. Are they harder to pedal than? Yeah, and they the the just the way you're balancing and holding yourself up. There's a lot more muscle. Okay. You, don't, you can't just sit there. you got to right. actually kind of actively balance Right, and yourself. using muscles you don't usually use, probably. Exactly. Yeah. So, 
Okay, so you had a Mercier. I had a Mercier. That sounds French. It was made in France. Yes. It was made. In, did it did, were the um were, were the controls on the left side? Like were uh, the brakes on the on the wrong side? Well, actually, funny you should bring that up because uh, standard setup the. Rear controls yeah. are on the right side, or the rear brake controls yeah. is on your right hand. Okay. They always ran it the opposite direction. They did? I did. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Just for... Because I that way, no matter what, you're, you were stuck with the shifting going on with your right hand. Okay. And I, I found that I could get through corners faster if I could brake with my left hand and shift with my right. Okay. So was it a touring bike? Was it a racing oh, bike? Oh, that was more a racing bike, so racing bikes, how long has the Tour de France been around? Which is also, by the way, abbreviated TDF. Yes. And when uh, Tour de France is is happening, and the Dork Forest, and I do my the hashtag TDF mm-hmm. posts on Twitter, oh. there's often some crossover. I see. Uh, <laughs> we have no crossover. Well, that's a whole realm of geekdom. Yeah, yeah the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so the bike thing, bike world is divided up into a whole bunch of Oh, different kinds distinct of... Distinct little dorkdoms. Such as? Such as the road geeks. Okay. You know, the, the guys you see riding around in packs with the... With the black outfits with the Herbalife on them? Yeah. Sort of like they look like soccer jerseys, but for bikes? Yeah, with the real tight-fitting like yeah. outfits, and they've got bikes that look like spaceships, and they go really fast, and they're actually a lot of fun to ride, but it's a very athletic pursuit. You know, these are the... Okay. Like, if they didn't have a bike, they'd be... A, They'd run marathons kind of people. Okay. And are those the Tour de France bikes that are usually being used? Yes. Yeah. And is that, and are those like 20 speed, they weigh 18 ounces? And yeah, pretty much so. Yeah? Uh, 20, uh, we're running 10, actually, yeah, 20 speed. The 20 speed? 10 in the back, 2 in the front on a okay. typical road bike. And then... Uh, yeah, they're made out of carbon fiber and, you know, all the high-tech happy horseship that <laughs> that really entertains that little segment of the bike right. world. And it's really fascinating stuff because the technology is just, it is literally space-age technology. There's a lot of crossover between uh, aircraft engineering and bicycle engineering when it comes to materials and tubing and okay. things like that. On purpose, do you think? Or? It's just they, they're working with the same stuff. Okay. Yeah, carp, and carp, carbon it used to be aluminum, welding right. aluminum together, and those were two kind of funky little areas that required people to be able to weld aluminum together in tubes and right. make lightweight aluminum tubes was the aircraft industry and the bicycle industry, and now that's evolved into carbon fiber, but it's all basically doing the same Maybe. What is carbon fiber? Is it just a, a, a kind of alloy or something? Um, that... No, it's uh, actually it's known as a graphite, and it's little pieces of pretty much pure carbon. Okay. That gets mixed in with a bunch of resins and turns into... And then you mold it or something? You mold, or... you mold okay. it and uh, All make, right. make very lightweight... Uh, but pretty strong? But very extremely strong things that also... Uh, can and you can do all kinds of interesting things with how you put it together. How, as far as which direction you orient the fibers, so which oh. if they're laying this way or pointing that way, the grain of the fiber matters. The grain matters? of the fiber matters tremendously in how it dissipates shock throughout the oh. body of the frame. Okay. So you can. It's it's really like I say. It's pretty high tech stuff, and if. It sounds incredibly. I mean, are those bikes? They can they can run kind of. They can be expensive, right? Oh yeah, you're looking for a full carbon frame. 
anything halfway decent, uh, two thousand bucks to start. Just the frame. No, for the complete, for the bike. Complete bike. A two thousand yeah. dollar bike. Yeah. Okay. Well, and first, like most of the, if you see somebody out being Joe bike racer, yeah, his bike's probably worth three to four thousand. Okay. That's oh, kind because of the average of those kind of guys yeah. of the guys that are committed to it, mm-hmm. and they're gonna. Did you do any racing? I mean, you like going fast. Yeah, back then I. You did some racing. I did some racing. Yeah, so excellent. When I was a younger man, and to this day, Milwaukee was a uh, kind of a hotbed of bicycle racing. Really, what what? Uh, it's not like the little five hundred, right? No, no. We have uh, well, we had races in Grand Park. Remember they used to have the race? Uh... The bike races around Grand Park? Mm-hmm. I don't. Oh, okay. I remember the spectacle, oh, oh, uh, which was a parade. Yeah, it was a spectacle. <laughs> it was a spectacle. <laughs> it was a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys, and then some floats, and then there was a penny race. And remember that? Were they? Yes. Um, what? Yeah. That, that, I don't know. This, um, yeah. That was that in Maxwell Street day. Maxwell Street days. Well, all the merchants downtown would put their stuff out on the sidewalk. Oh, right. And for some reason, it was this big thing. Yeah. So you could go buy old shoes from Marvin Zucker, right? <laughs> <laughs> old people old shoes, not yeah. old shoes. <laughs> they were new shoes. Too. No, Marvin's had them in the store for 20 years. So. Oh, but they had never been <laughs> born. And Zucker's had been Everything for 20, <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so... So Milwaukee had um, a lot of lakefront races and stuff? Yeah. Um, they would pretty regularly have the uh, hold the national championships there. Okay. Um, and along the uh, Lake Park. That okay. Was, that was, they had a, a long road course there that came down the big downhill by the, the white water treatment yeah. plant on the lake. Yeah, around there. And then it climb up that hill by the old water tower. So that that's road racing. That's, that's road you racing. know taking whatever yeah. terrain is in a city, and racing around that. Correct. How long are those? They range from. Well, see, sometimes um, they're they're all different types of them. Okay. But a, a, a true road race, like something they would do there, was usually about a hundred miles. Uh huh. How long does it take to ride a hundred miles? Uh, four and a half hours. Okay, and are Five. you doing laps around the city? Yeah, laps around that course. Around that course? It was probably like a three-mile loop. Three oh, my gosh. Mile. That's 30 laps. If, if I'm doing... No, I'm probably yeah. not doing the... Am I doing the math right? I don't know. Okay. Don't Offhand? Okay. Uh, so that... But that's a, a what they call a road race, where everybody starts and rides, and the first guy to get there wins. There's other things called criteriums, which are much more entertaining, and that's on a much shorter... A lot of cases, it's just like a square block okay. course. Usually, it's in a more urban environment, okay. and it's a points race. So you get points periodically races. throughout the race. They'll ring a bell, and whoever, and there are different points assigned for placing on the next upcoming lap. Okay, and there's also money involved. Is it checkpoints? It's no, d- no, no. But as you go around, okay, the guy who took first this lap gets. Right. Ten points. Okay. The guy who took second gets nine or whatever. So forth. Yeah. And, and then there's also money involved, too. How the guy it? who wins the sprint for this lap, oh, for... he gets 20 bucks or something. Oh, it's like it's, it's like a football pool where you can win different amounts of money for different amounts of accuracy or... or, or... Well, you, could, you can win some money without ever come, being close to winning the race if you just win one of these little <laughs> mini races within the race. Okay. It's it. Um, are there 
demolition bike races? Uh, there are, there is a thing called Derby. There is? Yes. Okay. It's pretty much the domain of drunken guys with mountain bikes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just... And it, that pretty much sums it up. It is a demolition. It's a demolition, and you just on bikes. On yes. bikes. Did you ever? Um, I've never participated. You've never no. participated. What about? What about those? And now there's like BMXing. Well, BMXing's kind of come and gone, actually. Has it? What's yeah. is it? I used to make a shit pot of money on BMX. <laughs> Did you? I don't anymore. <laughs> so what? I still see like there's like it. It's sort of like some people are doing skateboarding, and some people are doing inline skates, and then what are the bikes that they're using on, like, the half pipe? Okay, that's what's called a freestyle bike. Okay, that's not a BMX bike. No, there's a distinction. What is the distinction? A BMX, the designs are for racing. It's a... Oh, it's a gets, speedy. It's a speedy, and so it'll, it'll have a knobbier tire to grip the dirt, because okay. there's like dirt courses, and there's a lot of jumps and stuff. Right. But they're pretty much made to be speedy, Zip around. Yeah. The freestyle bikes are much heavier and designed to be jumped on. Oh, okay. So they can take more battering. They can and take more... a lot. Yeah, they're. I wondered about that. They because... weigh about half again as much as a BMX bike, if, if not literally twice as much. Okay. Uh, everything's totally overbuilt on them, so you can do those. So you can things. grind and do whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Okay. Yeah. It's because uh, I love the idea of. Um, I'm a big fan of a wheelie. I've always been a fan of a wheelie. And I was never a good wheelie artist. Right. Well, if you were riding, like, road racer bikes, those aren't really made for wheelies. No, I know guys who can do them. I could never do a wheelie on a road bike. Okay. Okay, but I'm not a skilled wheeliest. And then and then here's the other biking. Here's the other thing I know about bikes. Uh, I knew a guy who was in a polo league. Oh, yeah. Bike polo is... It, it, it's it, kind of evolved. It used to be... Bike guy, they, on, they did it on grass. Now yeah. it's become kind of an urban thing where they do it in uh, on, on like blacktop and stuff, and parking lots and. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, and they have very very specialized bikes for that purpose. And you, what is that bike like? Uh, it's usually an old beater ten speed frame. Okay. With the corresponding wheels, you you want a fixed gear on it. Okay. Oh, so not so you can n- not balance. a speed. Not a speed. No, just one one just gear. Because you're on a flat surface, so you right. Really, and you really you spend a lot of time. Sta- one of the skills you develop is the ability to stand still on a bike. Right. And then they also accomplish that by leaning on their mallet. Oh, okay. And oh, right, because they got the mallet. Yeah, too. And they're again like any. Have you seen it? Yes. Have you seen? I is it pretty cool looking? It. Uh, it's not that interesting, honestly. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah, you'd expect, you know, it's amazing. It's crashing. Yeah. And the, for one thing, they only do it with like three or four guys, at least the close combat urban. Okay, so like two on each side, maybe, or mm-hmm. two or three on each side? Yeah, like three, three or four, four. Max. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a lightly, it's not eight guys, which is, they're not. Which, just, I, when, if you play on fields, yes. Yes. And they use, well, because you could fall on grass, and it's not going to scrape you up as much. Well, yeah, and they use a real, like, more like a real polo mallet on the field. Okay. Whereas the urban assault guys use uh, things made out of plastic pipe and a ski oh. pole. Okay. Because they, you don't want to be using wood on asphalt, because it'll just fall apart. Okay. Yeah. What? 
It gets scraped up, and wood, the fibers in the wood start to separate. Okay, all right, because yeah. okay, right, because I suppose the wood can go in the grass, and it's fine. But if it goes on cement or something like that, it'll, it'll you just think get it's scraped up and gets worn away. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. All right, this is actually more fascinating than I thought. I, I didn't know. So I don't know a lot about bikes. So you did road racing. So that's just regular. Mm-hmm. That's like a regular. Because I had a ten speed. Yeah, it was ten speed. A Sears uh, ten speed, uh, lime green, a vehicle so advanced the gears switch by themselves. I used to do that joke because <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, why would they switch by themselves? Do you know? Uh, the back then it was a friction mechanism holding the shifter. Yeah. And that was had gotten loose. Oh, so it just needed to be tightened just needed up. Needed to be tightened a little. All right. And probably had a little wing nut thing on it. To, right. To and listen. so um, the the gear switch via friction, and the here's my other question. You were talking about a set gear. What is the set? Fixed a fixed gear. a fixed gear. What what uh, like is it like put it in the fifth and and just call it? No, no. It's it's usually a, a very middle. I have a single-speed bike myself, which right. is an old 10-speed that I just, for simplicity purposes, took, took out, you know, built it up without any derailers or gears or anything, just one gear. Okay. And that would be, you know, if it were on a 10-speed, a ten, yeah. you would be in fifth gear. You would be in fifth. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, it's, you want to be somewhere in the middle. Right. Neither so, too high nor too low. Yeah, because otherwise you're pedaling your yeah. head off. Um, and so... Okay, I digressed again because that's that because that is interesting. The fixed gear thing, but now the fixed gear thing is a whole, <clears throat> and this is a a very trendy thing, uh, just in probably the last three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the urban um, the urban bike culture. Crowd, oh, is there an called. urban bike culture? Yeah, and they wear their own style of clothes. And the fixed gear is the cool thing. Hipsters have to have a messenger bag and a fixed gear to ride to their wherever. Oh, okay, to, like they're a bike messenger. Yeah. Okay. And fixed gear, the gear is stuck to the hub. So if the pedals go around, the wheel goes around. If the wheels go around, the pedals go around. You can't coast. Oh, right. And there's no brake. Right. That that was what the original <clears throat> bikes were back in the... Yeah. That most of the kids had. Right. And that's what I also used to race on the track in Kenosha. Okay. You know, Velodrome with the banked curves. And, oh, and cool. on those, you use a fixed gear bike. Okay. So, and it just... So you can't... How does the coasting? How do you do that if it's if it's you not attached? You continually spin your legs. Yeah. So if, to to be able to coast, the the hub cannot be attached to the wheel. Is that it? Well, that's well. When you ride your bike, you hear that yeah. wonderful little clicking noise coming from the back end. Yeah. Yeah. That what that are, is is the a ratchet mechanism that allows the gears to spin on the hub without turning the wheel. But when you Put engage and start pedaling. It pulls the chain, and the ratchet mechanism grabs, and then the hub, uh, hub turns along with the. Your okay. Pedaling. Okay. But when you stop pedaling, the hub can continue to spin while the gears that are attached to it sit in one place. Okay. So, <clears throat> but you cannot do that on a fixed gear bike. And is it better to is it better to race? With a fixed gear? Well, on a track, that's all you do, just because that's the way it is. Um, no, I mean, you wouldn't really right. race on a fixed gear. It's just kind of a, a, a trendy urban thing. But the funny part is, when I two things yeah. that are really hip now among the 25-year-old crowd yep. that I was doing when I was 17 in South Milwaukee. 
So they can't be that hip. <laughs> One is fixed gear bicycles. Right. The other is Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, right. Remember right. There's, when we were kids? Yeah. We, it was, that was the, the That beer. was the shitty beer of choice. Yeah. Because it was cheap, and it might be popular. It was popular. reasonably decent, but it's like the, the cool shit with the... Right. X Games crowd, the 25 year old, that's the, I'm yeah, there's some I'm PBR going I'm on. PBR, yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows Schlitz was better anyway. Oh my god, Schlitz was, the one that was terrible was Point. Mm. I don't know if you ever. <coughs> Blue Bullets. Blue Bullets! <laughs> Did you ever have a Huber? Oh, constantly. Because you went to Madison, yeah, right? Well, that, that's and, uh, what the true Wisconsin alcoholic drank. Right, because it was four fifty for the case, and that <laughs> included the deposit. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yes. And so you went to Madison, right? Yeah. And uh, studied what? I studied my degree is in journalism. You're okay. And how was the bike culture in Madison? Uh, it's much more advanced than. Milwaukee? A, a lot of places. Milwaukee's quite advanced, just overall, bike-wise. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the Midwestern cities, with the exception of Detroit mm-hmm. and Cleveland, are all have pretty well-developed bicycle infrastructure. Oh, like bike trails and bike stuff? Bike trails and just, it's much easier to ride a bike the way the roads are laid out and things like that. And it's, it's a lot of that has to do with the ethnic makeup of transplanted Europeans. Okay, okay, because they were all they're all Europe, bikers not, over in Northern Europe. And, you know, if you're Dutch, for example, those but crazy Dutch are constantly getting on a bike going somewhere. Exactly. And <laughs> Western Michigan, for example, is completely Dutch people. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, the Norwegians up in Minneapolis. Yeah. They're biking in the middle of winter. Yeah. And I was like, it is without the wind chill. Genuinely 40 below. And you're on a bike. You're a moron. And I, I just, I, it, I don't, how is LA? LA cannot be. I mean, there are bike trails, but it's too big. Yeah, that's right. Everything in LA is 10 miles from anything else. Right. So it's just too big to really ride a bike, maybe. My friend Juan lives out there. I go out and stay with him every year for a couple of days. And is there a bike con? Well, a lot of times we just take bikes where we're going just because it's safer for us that way. But, uh. Why is it safer to take a bike? In case we fall over. Oh, oh, because you guys go out and they're going to have an an adult beverage? Uh, Yeah. Okay. And it is, you know, I one time I had a bike uh, in Provincetown, Massachusetts. I was working at the hot dog stand and I would get so wasted and then I would ride back home on my bike. And, uh, and I, I don't know whose bike it was. It was a loner, right? So it was just an old 10-speed. And I wiped out on the bike, uh, just because you do when you're super drunk. And I get back up, and there was these two um, two guys came over, a couple, of, uh, a couple, and they said, hey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I get on the bike, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to ride home. And so I get on the bike. The chain had fallen off. So I get on the bike and start pedaling. Like crazy. <laughs> it was like a tree. <laughs> and I fell over. And they were like, we are very sorry to laugh, but that is hilarious. Why don't you lock your bike and walk home? Uh, but it is a lot safer than a car. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think you can get a DUI on a bike. I can't can, you? Yeah. Can you? Because uh, you can get one on a, in a boat. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're real hard-ass about that around here. About the boat? Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to kill people with a boat. Right. <laughs> 
Well, you're on the water. Uh, anyway, speaking of dorkdom. Yes. I, the, the funny thing is, and, and bicycles, I've kind of fallen into a really obscure, bizarre subculture of bike dorkdom. What is it? And funny thing is, Ann Arbor, or more specifically Saline, Michigan, which is a small town about five miles south, is kind of kind of the epicenter of it. Um, it's the antique collectors and restorers. Oh, old how? fixing up old bikes, and Fix not necessarily old. Just you know, maybe twenty years old is old enough. Right, right. Be cool. Okay. And there's this whole, they have this huge swap meet over, it was two weekends ago. Okay. And people come from all over, Florida, New York, and with truckloads of old Just old frames and old seats and old handlebars. And complete bicycles. And and complete bikes. And And they're like... bicycle memorabilia. What is bicycle memorabilia? Like an old Schwinn sign from taken out of a bike shop. Okay. Just posters and and stuff like and that. Signs and yeah, not so much of that. This is pretty much a junkyard. Um, <laughs> have you found some great stuff? I have found some great stuff. What, what? I, I, I just finishing up one I bought a year ago. Uh huh. Finishing up the restoration on it. It's a 1968 Hawthorne. Okay. Which was it, it's what like it? it's like one of the. What does it look like? It kind of looks like a early 60s Ford Galaxy. Like the car? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got this, like, a, a tank on the, it's a women's frame, and it's okay. got a, a tank on it with the headlights that stick out of the front, yeah. and this thing on the back that sort of looks like um, tail fins turned sideways. Okay. You know, it's kind of this uh, 60s... Real muscle car kind of thing. feel to it? Yeah, I think think Det- Detroit in the early 60s is what it looks like, and it's... What color is it? It's a very nice bright blue with white... A nice white, white chain guard. Is it the original paint job? It's original paint, especially in the chain guards in mint condition. Oh, really? Chain guard and tank, which is really unusual in that those are the two things that always get trashed on these kind of bikes. Yeah. But they're perfectly intact. And it took a year to you to restore it? or Well, it's... It's, it's you it's have a life. Farting around. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's yeah, not... Yeah. So what do you do when you restore it? Uh, to... First thing, you just take everything apart, clean it off. And okay. Usually there's a lot of, uh, like, surface rust and things to scrub off with steel wool. Okay. Oh, just kind of... Kind of, of, po- kind of polish it up. And inside and out? Just inside kind of... Inside and out. And then there's usually part... See, I'm not a a weirdo cultist who... There's, there's <laughs> guys who won't... They're into like, and it's the same, those guys who do this with cars. You can't put anything on it that's not the authentic original part. Right, that you found? I, yeah, I don't give a shit if the wheel's trashed. I just go buy a new wheel from a distributor. Oh, okay. Put a new, brand new wheel on it. Right, right. and you know what? Because you're going to want the wheel to work. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah, it doesn't have, have to be a wheel from 1968. It's rubber. Otherwise, I'd never get these things finished <laughs> if I was a stickler about. Right. I mean, where would you find a rear wheel for a 1968 Hawthorne? Yeah. Right, and how would you, and then. Well, I know where. The, so oh, at, at the swap meet over in Selena. Yeah. Uh, is it Selene? Selene. Uh, S-E-L-I-N-E? S-A-L-I-N-E. Okay, like, like saline. Like the salt, yeah. They've got these huge factories that make salt water there. Oh, I see. Yeah, that stuff you put in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Celine. Oh, good. They invented that there. Excellent. I just made that up. I know you did. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you sure you don't know? Yeah. But yeah, sure. it's a, and apparently to be into this culture, 
Yep. You gotta be at least fifty and very <laughs> poorly dressed and very poorly groomed. <laughs> and it took. Okay, so what do you do with it now that it's done? Do you ride it? I will ride it. You will ride it. Yeah. And I did some to cool, and fro? cool stuff to it. I put you know some rear view mirrors on it and. Did you put those streamers from the? Uh, I, I had streamers on it. It, it was just it didn't a bit, look good. bit much. Bit much. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one of the a really cool horn battery oh. operated. Oh, okay. And the bike airplane, which is this little chrome airplane that fits on snaps onto the handlebars, and the propeller spins when you ride into the wind. Oh, okay. It's, so it's a it's a it's that's that's decor. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and is the it's well accessorized? Well accessorized, and is the horn from the? Did they have that horn in the late sixties? That kind of uh, horn? they had that kind of horn, and it's one of those things they never quit manufacturing. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So it isn't just a like a bulb and a uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, no. It's a it's battery operated. Op battery thing. operated. Kind of looks very again. Think sixties. Think early Detroit. You know, Detroit yeah, early Mad 60s. Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some sort of. Space awesome. Age look to it, what well, back then was referred to as Space Age. Sure, because yeah. we all thought we'd have jetpacks. But yeah, um, I'm still pissed about that. You still mad? Yeah, all right. robot, just robots in general. Just did you want some sort of slave situ- situation where? It, well, I mean, weren't they telling us back in the sixties we'd have robots cleaning our houses and it. mowing our lawns and, and and Roomba just doesn't cut it. Roomba isn't a robot. <laughs> It's robotic, is it does, not? Does Roomba serve you drinks? No. The robot no. on the Jetsons serve drinks. That's what I want. That's what you want. Yeah. All right. Then you should also look into getting the lady from Bewitched. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. She also served drinks. She had a little trolley. I bought a... Uh, I bought a... a it, it looks just like that thing that she would wheel out. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so great, but it's an, uh, it's a lawn thing. So it's plastic. It's white plastic, but thick. Pl- I mean, it's really well made. But it, it just, every time I go out, I was like, Darren, <laughs> does Mr. Tate want a, I don't know, a gin and tonic? And uh, so it was so, I mean, it's real. I love that old stuff, too. I mean, I'm a huge fan. You know, our house is, is 1951 Tract House. It looks almost exactly like uh, the houses from the Monopoly board. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and it has, all the houses around us have been added to. You know, they were sort of, because it's, Ostensibly, it's like a starter house. It's a single-family dwelling, you know. And so, you know, in the in the it was built in '51, and both of our neighbors had several children each, and it's a two-bedroom, one-bath house. So they would just add a they added a bedroom and they added a bath at some point, mm-hmm. and so and ours is still a two-bedroom, one-bath, which is perfect. And because uh, you know, any more uh, guest rooms, we'd have a lot of guests. Oh, yeah, one's that. fine. One's yeah. fine. And uh, <laughs> so. But yeah, I, uh, um, so what's, so did you ever mountain bike? Yeah. Okay. Do you like, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know whether to go back to the, to, to the, to the flea market. Now are you going to go buy another one? Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't buy anything this year. I just, nothing. You that, didn't grab Well, part of it is it was just horrible weather. It was like. Oh, was rain, it snowing rain. until like a day ago? Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of rainy, drizzly, sleety, snowy. And it's not biking with her. And so a lot of this stuff takes place literally in the back of some guy's pickup truck who drove up here from Missouri with a boatload of old bicycles. Okay. And because it was raining, I just, I did the ins. There's <clears throat> people set up in the 
basically where they show the pigs and stuff during the county fair. Sure, and sure. And then they, uh, that's indoors. I did a lot of that. Those yeah. are the prime spots and then the guys outside where the, actually the better bargains are to be found. But outside? Well, it's not in the mood to wander around in the mud. And, and yeah, you, the mud you gotta, and then you gotta go through everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you, when you bought the bike that you just finished working on, um, did you buy the whole bike? Well, I bought when I bought it. It was complete, but there right. were a lot of things that needed to be replaced. Just swapped out and yeah. stuff. Yeah and, yeah, and all of it cleaned up and stuff. Yeah. So, do you do you make bikes for the kids? Did you always make bikes for the kids? Well, they have bikes. I. You just went to yeah, the Target being, and bought being, bikes. I don't buy bikes at Target. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because I'm in the bike business. <laughs> Right, let's tell people. What is, uh, the, what's the website they should go to? I actually don't have a website. Well, then you can get a glimpse into Mike Kojis' life on Facebook. Uh, yeah, uh, that would be. Mike, but, yeah. Yep. That's, but didn't you, weren't you in on like the ground floor of Trek? Um, yeah. Is it, where did Trek start? Waterloo, Wisconsin. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was a Wisconsin company. And I worked for them when I was 20. Three or twenty-four years old. Did you just fall into it because you loved bikes? Well, yeah, I was uh, actually what I was doing. I was working. I took my journalism degree yep. and parlayed that into a uh, pretty sweet, pretty sweet setup selling advertising for a local radio station in Madison. Uh, and then before you killed yourself, needless to say, I had to get the hell out of that. <laughs> right. And it's so hard those jobs that you really have to want. You have to want to do cold call sales, and you have to believe in advertising. Yeah. Well, the one thing I did, I was good at writing commercials, mm-hmm. so that helped. So that it was better than it could it could have been worse. Let's put it that way. Fair but anyway, just uh, Trek one day ran an ad in the the Isthmus, the State <laughs> Journal, or whatever, the Wisconsin State was. Journal. I guess that would have been all right. Yeah. That would have been it. Uh, Back in the days of classified ads. Yeah, I'm looking for a uh, customer service oh, right. representative with knowledge of bicycles. Mm-hmm. I can do that. That sounds like exactly what you can do. Yeah. So did you meet the guys who founded the... Like, do you know the big wigs of bikes? Yes, yes, I do. Who are the big wigs of bikes, Mike Coaches? Well, actually, my... Uh, it, it's a, a great big wig of bike story. Yeah. One of a man who was at one time the big wig of bikes, yeah, Eddie Schwinn. Eddie, Sch- that's a great name. Well, Eddie Schwinn was a, the heir to the his father Frank Schwinn founded the company. Okay, no, his grandfather Ignaz Schwinn. Ignat. Ignatz. How do you spell Ignatz? I G N A T Z. Sweet. What? Yeah. What is that? German? What I is believe, that? Yeah. All right. Founded the company, <clears throat> but Frank Schwinn, his son, really sent it. Sent it. And then he got old and handed it off <laughs> to uh, his sons, Eddie and uh, Richard. Okay. And Richard was just like a total stoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eddie was just a doofus who got, like, thrown into a position well beyond his... Interest or capabilities. Capabilities. So right. Like the George Bush of the bicycle industry. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... And he really so he just was, wanted to be a, baseball commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was uh, the president of Schwinn, which at that time was, you know, that was it. That was the coolest thing ever. this yeah. is the fun part. You know what Eddie Schwinn does now? What? He runs a cheese shop in Lake Geneva. 
in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Yes, he does. Where the Chicago mob bury their dead. Right. And vacation. Um, mm-hmm. Lake Geneva. So Eddie Schwinn is got to be what his fifties. <laughs> yeah, probably. he's a little older than I am. So, so it might be the sixties. Probably sixty. So what? Uh, here's my question: How did you meet Eddie Schwinn? How did I meet him at uh, a bicycle show? Was okay. So are there conventions or are they shows? Um, yes. Both? Both. Um, What's the diff? Okay, well, we, a show is a place where everybody sets up their goods, and okay. your customers come and walk through and look at your stuff. Okay. A convention is just a gathering of people, and there's... Who love bikes. And there's an educational component to it. And, okay. You know, any industry would have something like this, but what we do now, it's a thing called Interbike, which is in Las Vegas every year. Okay. Four days... And it's where all the manufacturers come to set up their products. That's right. what I go there for. And then retailers go there. There's also a whole bunch of uh, a huge program of uh, seminars, of you know, business seminars. How, business seminars about what? How to merchandise your store. Okay. Or how to manage your service department. Or what's the new trending things and bikes kind of things? Are there yeah, that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, and even um, certain companies will have technical. Seminars. Okay, it's like guys. this is how this is how this was developed, and this is what it does, and this is yeah, how it more of a this is how you take apart and rebuild. A okay, shock absorber from you know a fancy mountain bike company. Right, right. You know, and again, you know, the lawnmower industry does that. The automotive industry does that. Where you know the, the mechanics get go to these technical seminars, and they and get to meet with like-minded individuals yes, and, and talk about the thing that they love. Yes, oh, <laughs> it's it's dark out. Yes. <laughs> Let's gather. Oh God, Interbike is like just mind-blowing. Um, eighteen thousand people attend. Oh my gosh! I suppose because it's a huge it's a, international. Is it? Yeah, it's an international. It, okay. Show too. Wow, that is huge. What? Uh, I wish to be a fly on the wall. At the Interbike, uh, just at the Marriott Bar, just afterwards, where people are just sitting around, just dropping like derailleur comments like crazy, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> uh, you would find it. In fact, um, I kind of make a point when I stay there of staying at a place where I. In fact, last year I was really disappointed. I stay at Bill's Gambling Hall. Okay. Which is this obscure little place on the Strip, and it's like the last old Vegas hotel left. Yeah. And it's cheap. Yeah. And nobody from the bike show ever stayed there. Oh, wow. So I could, like, hang out in the lobby and... And it was just townies and, and just... Ha- and weird. It's, it was kind of a mecca for real hardcore gamblers. Oh, I bet. A lot of people uh, What's it called? Bill's Gambling Hall. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Carmine Ragusa hangs out there. The big ragu. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, you're going to go from rags to ridges. It was my camp out. And, yeah. And it's, uh, but, yeah, I tried to avoid... Uh, yeah, to, to try hanging out with too many bike nerds yes. at once, because yeah. you can get dipped in them and then you're like, I gotta take a big break from the bike folk. Yes, even the bike guy needs I've to been step away about from this shit all day at work. <laughs> I really don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> What's your favorite part of it? Of the bike show? Of of yeah, of oh. the bike show, and then the bike industry. Well, the bike industry is really cool because I don't have to. What I do, I hang out in bike shops for a living. Yeah, you know, I'm just. 
and and just sell what now what do you and you've explained it to me and any number of times I'm sure I weeded off here's let's get it on tape okay what do you do okay I am the technical term would be an independent wholesale representative okay meaning I independent I do not work for a company I work for myself okay and what I do I contract with small manufacturers to handle their sales to retailers okay so more indie bike developers uh, yeah, or do you do bigger divide bike developers too? I generally the bigger company. I mean the the big brand names, the Treks of the world or the yeah. Twins of the world. They have company employees that do it. That actually, I used to do that. I don't do that now. I'm right. And how an long have you been company. independent? Uh, Eleven years. Yeah, but you worked for the big companies with because they have departments that do that essentially, right? That are that are interstitial. Like work with retailers. Yeah, my job for the big companies was I was their rep in yeah. Michigan. And yeah. I would, you know, take care of all the business, go to the bike shops in Michigan and And, and encourage everyone to get to buy this stuff. Um and, I can only name Trek and Schwinn. Why is that? And Sears. I don't think Sears is actually producing a bike. I because you haven't been afflicted with bike dorkdom. <laughs> right. What's another what's another good like, like if I think of me as a middle-aged white lady who might want to take up biking, uh, street biking, what kind of bike should I get? Um, and you, is it hilly where you live? No. Not at all. Not at all. Get a cruiser. A cruiser. A beach cruiser. A beach cruiser. Something pretty with fenders and get a bell and get a basket. And get it. Oh, I would love a basket. It will make you happy. It will make me happy. Yes. Because the, the. My wife has one. My daughter has one. You know. And they're pleased. My, my wife's got a. Well, she's got another one too. She's got a mid 60s, very similar to the Hawthorne. The oh, okay. Restoring. It's a roll fast. But, and then, uh, yeah, my daughter. Bell, basket, streamers. Streamers. streamers they, sure. You, you should have streamers. I, I would mean, like streamers. I just, I can't pull off streamers. <laughs> right. It's, you gotta be stronger in your sense of self to be, as a man, to be going streamers. It's a, you gotta be really willing to go, yeah, streamers, motherfucker. Deal. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, okay, so do you work with a lot of indie bike guys? Like, like, in, like, are there, like, people in a garage creating New bikes, like 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 Steve Jobs. Like, are there is there a Steve Jobs of bikes? Not not to, not really. Not not much anymore, or not not much anymore. Famously, no. the, the, it's gotten to the point where the technological development is so expensive that to make any kind of real technological breakthrough, um, you have to have a huge think tank you, kind you of situation. A, exactly. Yeah. Okay, it's like NASCAR. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Who, who among us does not love NASCAR? Well, and the, uh, I will have a NASCAR door god, but I, the weird thing about um, NASCAR is that they they call it this super blue collar kind of rednecky kind of sport, but it's so advanced. It's it is oh, rocket right. science. Yeah, you're like, okay, so you know, Billy really likes NASCAR. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he's against the space program. I don't get that because uh, he's supporting the space program with his NASCAR love. And, and those guys are into carbon fiber too. Oh yeah, I bet yeah. to make things go. How fast can a bike go? Like the fastest bike? Uh, can it go? Can it go like ninety miles an hour? Well, there are, have been bikes. If you're pacing behind something, 
Oh, oh, breaking away. Yeah. You ever see Breaking Away? The truck. Yeah. Yeah, you can... He's you can, drifting. Can, he's Tokyo drifting, but he's, he's Bloomington drifting. Yeah, exactly. You can... But on your own, I, I don't know, if it's around 60 miles an hour. Okay. 55, 60 miles an hour is as fast as... Um, Are there great bike movies? Did you ever see Quicksilver? Yeah. With Kevin Bacon, the bike messenger? Yeah, that's a really lame flick. It is pretty bad. And then uh, he's always jumping around on his tire. Breaking Away, actually, it was that, that, all, all around, if you know nothing about bikes, right. it was a quality film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the funny part, I knew the, the, the guy who shoves this pump in his spokes Yeah, from the Chinzano team. Yeah. That guy, Eddie Van Guys was his name, and he used to be the race, race announcer when I raced in Milwaukee. He oh, really? He up on the podium that would, you know... Oh, cool. So they used real um, real bike racers yeah. to, to, to fill out the, the film. Exactly. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. But uh, that was good. Um, do not uh, see American Flyers. Okay, what that's, is that? That's uh, Kevin Costner and Ray Don Chong, isn't it? Okay, all right. And they the two brothers who um, are doing a bike race in Colorado, and it's just it's one of the lamest stories mm-hmm. I've ever seen, and one of the worst acted films I've ever seen. How's the, how's the bike depiction? How's and the, the bike? bike depiction is really annoying because. <laughs> There were like two companies that bought the rights to put their product in the, sure. the movie. Yep. So everything you see in this movie comes from like two companies. Right. So oh my god, all the racers are wearing a jersey from one or the other. One or the other. You know, it's a different color, but you can tell the, what's happening. Yeah. Now, oh. to the casual observer, that may not be as obvious. As it is no, no. You you got to know. Someone like me. Yeah. You got to know things. It's like when I tried to watch Punchline. Yeah. yeah, it's not happening. And my kids complain when, like, we're watching something on TV, and I gotta freeze it to see what kind of bike that is. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the kind of magic. That's where it inter- inter- interferes with your day to day life. You know, yeah, how's yeah. it? What am I doing? You ever chase anybody to see what kind of bike they had? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you caught them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. Were you in a car? Yeah, I was in a car, and they were riding down the street, and. uh they had a. Uh, what makes you notice a bike? What did they have? Uh, it was a uh, mid '60s Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Robin, a uh, classic old British three-speed. Okay. And you've mentioned like three British bikes. Did they, were they making amazing bikes at one time? Or um, still are? No, well, they made. They were kind of like the Schwinn of. There of, was there was of the UK. Yeah, and the and. The Robin, there were a whole bunch of these small little companies in England. Robin Hood was one, Denelt, Triumph. Eventually, all of them, it was just like General Motors and. Oh, they just got bought into they each just other got and. Bought into Raleigh. It ended up all being Raleigh. Oh, I remember Raleigh's. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was kind of a big deal when I was a kid. Everyone... That was like the number two brand next to Schwinn for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And worldwide, they still are. I they're pretty they're sleek. No, I think they're the number one brand worldwide. Okay. I worked for them for So like is Hawthorne the brand name of the bike that you bought? Yeah, and Hawthorne was actually the house brand for Montgomery Wards. Oh, which is a department store, if yeah, I remember correctly, right? Kind of, kind of a Sears-ish sort of place. Okay. Yeah. And where where was Hawthorne's made? Where were Hawthorne's made? Uh, this, uh, Cleveland. Oh, all right. You got, I mean, I like a, I like a large blue collar city. 
being from outside of Milwaukee. So I like places like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And, so do I. Yeah. yeah, I'm drawn to them. Yeah, just well, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Well, Detroit's mm-hmm. got trouble, yeah. but uh, but they're it's coming back. Yeah, it's, it's not as bad as it used to be. You know who was on the last episode? Allie Willis, Detroit native, wrote September for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, wow. Wrote Boogie Wonderland. Wrote the uh, the theme to Friends. And I was like, do you have a Scrooge McDuck pile of money from royalties? And she's like, I wish. And I thought, you're being modest. <laughs> and then we moved forward. Because uh, <laughs> it's none of your business is what I was essentially. <laughs> I think that was yeah, the message. The yeah. clear message was we won't be discussing mm-hmm. my royalties. And she was a super nice lady and very funny and interesting. And she's trying to save Detroit. She's got one of these, one of the many groups that are out there trying to revitalize Detroit and do... Have you ever heard of a uh, somebody, uh, the guy on Fox uh, News, your local Fox affiliate this morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he told me uh, that I need to have a Coney dog. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. It's a Detroit thing. Yes. Oh, is it? it? Basically, it's a chili dog. It's a hot dog with crappy chili on it. Yeah. And it's it's the classic, oh, remember in Madison, the Euros places? Yeah. Okay, we got the downtown Detroit. Yep. You have Lafayette Coney Island. Okay. And American Coney Island. Okay. They share a common wall. Oh, do they? <laughs> Literally <laughs> next door to each other. <laughs> oh, like the two Giro places. Across the street Across from the street each other. Each other. The Parthenon and the, and the whatever. Uh, Athens. And Athens. Yeah. And uh, one of them went out. Went, went out of business. It's probably like it had to Panera be Athens, or something. You go there on Saturday night and a line down the block in front of Parthenon and like three people. They were Athens. brothers too, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wasn't that right? Yeah. It was like Sid Sweet. Yeah. 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 yeah the whole thing. My co just used to work for Sid Sweet selling t-shirts outside the football games. That's why uh, I wasn't in marching band. How'd you get the job? Ruscation? Ruscation. Ruscation. I got a lot of my friends from college that job too. How long did you do it? I did it for many years. Oh, did you do it the whole time? Oh, the whole time and beyond. And beyond. It paid stupidly well. It did pay stupidly well. We were selling seconds and irregulars, my friends. Oh, yes. (laughs) Why is the tag cut? I don't know. I don't know what the tag's got. I must have. And, uh, <laughs> okay, you know, or if it's, you've got a medium and mm-hmm. he needs a large. He does need Is a large. Is it going to shrink much? No, it's half polyester. <laughs> Won't shrink much at all. Or he needs a medium and you've got a large. Oh, it's half cotton. It should shrink a lot. Right, right. All you do is fratten the dryer. You're good. You're it's good. A, or it says fucking Bucky on it. It's yeah. a fu- it says fucking Bucky on it, and it's been it's been silk screened by a seventy year old man at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes they're smeared. Yeah. And uh, but good luck. Yeah. But You're it, drunk. It was, it's not going to matter. It was really lucrative. It was enormously lucrative. It it put me through college, yeah. and um yeah. And that's why I continued to do it after. Word. Right, it was just really good money. Mm-hmm. Russ did it for many years after he graduated too, because yeah, he was coming up to visit his and then wife. We did, we did those uh, the tournament, like the high school the basketball, basketball state tournaments, tournaments. Yeah, fourteen below. Yeah, and like three days in a row. You know, one football game is fine, but right, three and, days of that crap, and three days of ten hour days. Yeah, twelve hour days, standing yeah. out. Yeah, twelve. It can mm-hmm. be. But it was anywhere between, you know, 10 and 14, where at the end of it, you're like, I'm going to take my sweaty wad of cash and buy myself a steak. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll still have plenty of cash left over. <laughs> and it was cash. It was and that's uh, that way. ideal. Ideal. Mm-hmm. Well done, Sid Sweet. Rest in peace, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died. He died. died. Yeah. 99, 100 years old, something like that. 
He was old when, again, another guy, much like Isog, uh, was old when I met him in 1984. Uh, yes, he 83. was. So now he's off to the, uh, mine the booth at the great junkyard in the sky. <laughs> exactly. We're, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you got any good Russ stories for the Rangers of the Dork Forest? You got anything? Uh, anybody here? You got a story about Russ Cation that, uh, anybody? You know, not really. Nah, I, I, nah, I probably, probably shouldn't. Probably, no. Don't he doesn't, he's trying to lead his life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's just, don't, it's like poking a sleeping bear with a stick. Just don't go there. Yeah, you don't want to inspire him to get ingenious or anything and get back at you. Uh, yeah, you know he's well financed, so uh, right, he, he could hire some good people. <laughs> Not that Russ would actually do anything himself. But. No, no, he would hire Carmine Ragusa and yeah. uh, and other uh, Russian thugs. To show up at your house with a van. Oh yeah, you guys got that like Russian. We get the Russian former Soviet thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah, the for, yeah, former yeah. Soviet immigrant thing, which yeah. are just full of guys who. And Russ, he's like my dad. He likes to hang out with tough guys. <laughs> he has no interest. <laughs> he's, he has he has more interest in being a tough guy than my dad does. My dad has no interest in being a tough guy, and is more than willing to. You like. No, you can make fun of me. I'm just, I'm going to be here and listen to your stories. But Russ did say that the other day he was hanging out with a bunch of Armenian guys, like, like OJ Simpson's, um, lawyer's son is Armenian. Okay. And, uh, the guy who owns Universal is Armenian. His son was there. So these are guys who are all Russ's agent, 50-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're all, they're at some Armenian thing in Florida. And they're all at the Marriott. And so they're just a bunch. It's like Armenian thug life. And Russ, and I'm like, it sounds horrible, Russ, but tell me the story. Because I like a secondhand story, Well, my, right? my question is this, or just my, my thinking is, boy, I'm really glad I don't go to things like that. Right, right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I bet you they're going to, something bad will happen. Well, not to mention just going to an Ar- Armenian thing in Florida. I mean, doesn't that just kind of say, okay, I'm an old man? <laughs> yeah, but Russ, Russ Cation was born an old oh, man. Yeah, you got a point there. Russ, Russ Cation is desperately sad he didn't live through the Depression <laughs> so that he could have somehow hung out with Marlena Dietrich uh, just peripherally. And, you know, he's still listening to Brenda Lee and Ruth Brown. And, I mean, those are his musical oh, choice. Ruth Brown is good. Sure, if you That's like. That's right. He used to. Well, that he's got this Francis weird and, thing for the carpenters. Oh, he used to have a. He is the straightest gay man in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, but the 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 guys they they're at a Marriott. He said there's like ten of them, mm-hmm. and the and one of the um, one of the the Russian Armenian guys goes off and gets. A case of Armenian cognac and puts it on the bar. Oh, that's a hangover waiting to happen. Yeah, and the bartender is like, you know, this is a bar. We make our money selling liquor at the Marriott <laughs> bar. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, immigrants in general, allow me to make a sweeping statement, uh, love to be fancy. They love to prove that they've made it in the new country. Armenians, in general, allow me to be sweeping, love to sh- flash cash around, because my, or at least uh, the ones I'm related to. And so this guy pulls off a $500 bill and throws it on the... And the bartender goes, well, that'll do. 
<laughs> and uh and then he goes and polishes something. He's like, I'll get you some snifters. And uh and so Russ said that he tried it, it was fine. And then mm-hmm. but he was sitting around and they had cigars, it's a no smoking. I'm sure another five hundred dollars uh-huh. was thrown at the guy for that. But they were just it just sounds like a tool bag convention, is what it's <laughs> I was like, What a bunch of morons. Yeah. I was like But he said it was the one of the funniest things. <laughs> he said he's just sitting there drinking a diet coke. Because he doesn't smoke cigars, and he barely drinks. And uh, he's like, all right. <laughs> but he fit right in, I'm sure. I, you know he did. Well, not not tough guy-wise, but old Armenian guy. Right, old Armenian guy. Oh, he's got more old Armenian stories than you can shake a stick at. All right. Okay. <laughs> Michael just, uh, yes, bikes. It was fascinating. I learned several things, quite honestly, that I did not know about bikes. Okay. Actually, can I put in a plug for something? Please, Speaking plug. Of, I'm going back to yeah. uh, that cool shit happening in Detroit. Yeah. Years ago, Milwaukee, I was saying Milwaukee was a mecca for bike racing. Yeah. Detroit was as well. And they had a velodrome and a, a bike track. You know, okay. Banked ovals. Yeah. In what is now a really crappy neighborhood. Okay. And what happened, it just kind of got abandoned and started falling apart because guys were racing cars on it and stuff, and then it became a dump. Right. And a bunch of guys went in there and cleaned it up and patched up some of the holes, and a couple of times a year we do this thing called Thunderdrome. Oh, yeah? And it's racing of pretty much everything bicycles. Okay. It's actually a small part of it. It's more scooters and mopeds and anything up to but not including real motorcycles. Okay. On this... 300-meter banked oval in a really crappy neighborhood in Detroit. Oh, cool. And it's called Thunderdome? Thund- Thunderdome. Drome. Drome. Okay. Yeah. And is it, if we, if I Google if uh, Detroit Google thund- Thunderdome? Thunderdome. Should it get, should show up? Yeah. I'll put it in the notes. That's yeah, awesome. It's, it's it's just crazy. And if you go on YouTube and stuff, you can Do see Do you have a favorite that. book or something that you that you would recommend for people who want to know more about bikes? Oh, Actually, one I read not too long ago that's really quite interesting. Um, it's by David Byrne, the guy, the lead singer for the Talking Heads. Oh, okay. And he's in the habit. He's got himself a really nice fancy pants folding bicycle that he travels with. And okay. wherever, whenever he travels somewhere, he gets around on his bike. And so he wrote a book about his travels everywhere from... Detroit. Right, because he gets to go everywhere for the band. Because he's playing concerts and whatever. And he lives in New York City, and so he doesn't own a car. He just drives his bike everywhere. So, yeah, what's it called? Uh, Oh, Bicycle Diaries. Bicycle Diaries by David Byrne. David Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. Sure. Even I know that, and I know nothing about music. Uh And uh, so what, uh, um, so that's a good one? And uh that's perfect. Yeah, it's a great book, and it's it, it, it's it's a real interesting philosophy about what a bike is for, and just kind of a perspective on urban transportation. Would you recommend people wear a helmet? Yeah, although <laughs> I don't do it all the time myself. Because oh, come on, if I'm just riding up to the hardware store, I'm not right. wearing a helmet. I know it. <laughs> this has been great. Thank okay. you so much for doing it. Sure, my pleasure. Enjoy out there. Get a bike. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we. You. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?